episode 26 of the Lace Em Up podcast. Uh, key injury, a key suspension that should have been larger. I'll debate later on. Uh, more on who's in and who's out and who's on the outside looking in mathematically. Uh, and Jimmy Vasey making Brett Duboff look like a genius. We'll get to that in a bit as well. Uh, first of all, our weekly shout-outs uh, to those who uh, donned the number of the podcast in question. This week, it's episode 26. Um, Sil Apps, not the one who played for the least, a different Sil Apps for number 26. Uh, Steve Bozek, who is not only a part of the miracle at Manchester when the Kings pulled off that epic uh, 5-0 comeback against the Oilers in the early 80s. He tied the game with five seconds left. He also wore number 26. Jack Capuano, head coach of the New York Islanders, also wore number 26, as did Eric Cole, Russ Courtnell, Patrick Eliash, of course, Ray Ferraro wore it uh, for a time as well, uh, Thomas Vanek, Yuri Hoodler, Michael Hanzus, Josh Georges. Brad boys. And yeah, Mike Knubel during his Bruins days also wore yep. number 26 as well. Uh, Yuri Lettinen of the Dallas Stars, uh, no-brainer there. Barry, Mel- Barry Melrose and Mike Milbury, two former NHL coaches, wore number 26, as did uh, Matt Molson, the legendary Michael Nylander, uh, Peter Stasny, Glenn, we- uh, Glenn Wesley, uh, during his days with the Bruins, I believe, wore number 26 as well. And last, but certainly not least, the great Marty St. Louis. So to all of them uh, who wore number 26 and all of the others that I did not mention, but certainly didn't overlook. This podcast is for you. And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. Okay, uh, so our uh, social media um, is Facebook at uh, our Facebook is Lace Them Up Podcasts. Uh, I think if you just search Lace Them Up, you'll get yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Twitter is Lace Em Podcast. And then you can email us at laceupbag at gmail.com. Um, yeah, and SoundCloud and iTunes, but you probably already knew that if you're listening right now. Yeah. Um, this is a weird podcast for us right now because I um, I uh, I scheduled this podcast. We usually I just usually say, "Hey, Sunday at one, can you do that?" Ah, oh, shoot, it's now two nothing. Um, so in case, I, in case you're wondering, he's looking at the Bruins yeah, score. He's not. I was about to. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, like so. I didn't realize that the Bruins when I scheduled this uh, podcast that it would be. Um, that the Bruins would be playing at this time, so if you, uh, so that's why I'll be. Uh, if you hear groans from me or cheers, you, that's why I'm in the middle of the podcast. Um, so let, um, let's get going. Um, let's, uh, <laughs> I'm just like too annoyed to even talk. Uh, They're playing the Blackhawks right now. The first yeah. person we're going to talk about plays for the Blackhawks. How yeah. about that for a segue? Yeah, that's a good segue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the so Duncan Keith is uh, suspended for uh, six games for high sticking Charlie Coyle. Um, it looked like pretty bad. 
it is a kind of a crazy, crazy move because you'd think he'd be uh, suspended more. Um, it, yeah. seems, it seems like the NHL is more lenient towards him because I guess that, that means if I do the math out, he'll only miss the first game of the playoffs. Yeah, that's correct. Um, which he probably should at least miss, like, the, you know, um, maybe the first round. Um, but that's hard to do the math considering he's, you know, um, it's the end of the year. Apparently he has a history of doing this. He did the same to Jeff Carter in like 2013 or something. And I think, I think he only got suspended one game for that. Yeah. And then there was, I think there was another incident where he, uh, where he was suspended as well. So he's kind of like a sneaky, uh, dirty player. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think I think you said that you're going to rant a bit, so uh, <laughs> you well, can go now. I'll, I'll give credit to Duncan Keith in his defense. He said he needs to be smarter than that, and he issued an apology to Coyle a few days after the incident. At that point, the damage had already been done. Now he needs to pay the price. As I, said, as I was telling you off the air, the Hawks are so fortunate that yeah. this suspension was only six games because it could have been, and in my opinion should have been, a lot worse. Yes, Coyle gave him a good check after the puck was well behind Duncan's back. It does Keith zero favors, however, to then deliberately lift your stick while on your butt and make contact with your opponent's face. It's not that hard to control your stick in that circumstance, let alone your temper. And if the NHL really wanted to send a message, they would have given him 10 games. That would be four playoff games without your star blue liner, and that would make a much bigger difference as opposed to just sitting out the first game of the opening opening round series. It's like finding a player the maximum amount just to say action was taken, you know, we did something about it. But what message are you really sending? Are you really teaching this guy a lesson he won't soon forget? Did you teach him a lesson after he said, wakey, wakey, Bacchus? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bacchus and the St. Louis Blues got his bell rung? No, they didn't. The NHL had their chance to make an example out of this talented hockey player and deliver the message that no matter who you are and how good you are and how many points you have, you will pay the price like everybody else if you do something stupid. Fortunately, Coyle appears to be A-OK, so maybe that's factored into the decision to give him only six games. I don't care. Send a message now, because if you don't, and something like this happens again to somebody else, and the result is much worse than what happened to Charlie Coyle, what are you going to do then? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I forgot it's about that. The precedent is what it is, and they I, didn't do that in my yeah. I forgot about that wakey, wakey, Bacchus uh, thing. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this later when we talk about the email leaks, but I feel like the NHL is just so inconsistent because they don't yeah. really know what to do, um, it seems like. Um, just for everything, not just uh, not just like high sticks to the face, you know. Um, so um, it obviously was a dirty hit. Uh, I don't know. I, f- I feel like he should have gotten more. Um, it's tough to know like exactly how much more. Maybe like fifteen games or uh, twenty. Nah, I think that'd be pushing it. I, I, I you go see, for like I, 10? I, don't, I, I don't want it going to appeal, but I still want to to send a message. I think so. How many games would you say? Oh, hmm? uh, what what would you say? What would you be satisfied? Ten games. Ten that's, games. That's five games in the regular season and five in the playoffs. Yeah, I could I could deal with that. <laughs> and if it's not in the playoffs, it carries over in the next season. All right. Yeah, I could I could deal with that. 
Um, well, I mean, let's face it, Chicago's going more than five games in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I should apologize. I said before, the six uh, should be spent in ten games. I said six, that's six games the regular season, four in the playoffs, and my math is off. Five in the regular season, five in the playoffs. And that, that would have really sent a message, you know. Yeah, yeah. Out with, uh, you know, especially if it's a grueling six or seven game series, a guy like Duncan Keith makes a world of difference. True. Not having him in the lineup. Especially without. You need to do something that will make the players think twice. Am yeah. I, if, what am I doing right now? Is it going to cost me? Is it going to bite my team in the butt? Especially with um, Crawford out as well. Oh, he's, he's out, eh? Um, I, that, I think that's, he's. That's to me, actually. I think he's at. Well, he's he's out right now. I don't know. I think I don't know how long he's going to be out. He might be Maybe back during the playoffs. But, stay. but yeah, that, I mean, that also hurts them too. But I mean, Dar- I mean, you know, who knows with, with Darling and Crawford because they're both pretty good in the playoffs. Yeah, and so. Darling showed that against Nashville last year too. Yeah, he's playing well right now. Um, <laughs> although. Uh, playing At your expense, of yeah, course. Um, all right, so speaking of the playoffs uh, and injuries, Stan- Steven Stamkos has a uh, – I just broke last night, um, late last night. Uh, Steven Stamkos has a blood clot, and he's out one to three months. Um, so he's, pro- he's probably going to miss the playoffs. But um, as we know from last year, the Lightning can pretty much – uh, play well without him, but at the same time, he's their best player and their best cap and their and best captain and yeah. their captain. So it is uh, it's definitely a loss for them compared to all the other uh, players like uh, Mal like as opposed to like losing Malkin or losing. Trying to think of other key injuries right now. Yeah, like no doubt Stamkos. Like he's a star yeah. player, and star players make your teams better. Yeah. But Tampa showed last year, as you said, when Stamkos was struggling to score goals, they were getting by without him. Yeah. If they get a key injury, another one, like Ben Bishop going down, then the seed of doubt, in my opinion, starts to creep in. Because Ben Bishop has been an absolute fort in in the Tampa uh, goal crease for most of the season, and the results speak for themselves. Um, And he he had some key games for them at at key times in the season last year. Um, In Game 7s, he was dynamite. Um, but, um, like in the game sevens last year, I believe both of them were shutouts. He shut out the Rangers and before that he shut out, uh, the Red Wings. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, so game sevens last year, like he, uh, he basically, basically sent a message to Henrik Lundqvist. I, I can come up clutch in game sevens too. Um, so I think if you lose another key piece like that, that's really going to hurt them. But you look back at the Ryan Callahan trade, and Ryan Callahan was the captain of the New York Rangers for a couple of years. This is his chance to step up. Yeah. Because I look at guys like Andre Pallotta, I look at guys like Tyler Johnson, you know, who need to step it up. Ryan Callahan offensively has, in my opinion, taken a back seat. With all well, he's never stars. been in an offensive player. Now that player. you don't have Stamkos, now that now, 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 now they look at you as the main source of leadership because you've captained a team before and you've given them a little bit of success as well during during his time at the Rangers. They went. Uh, uh, I don't think they. Um, I, I don't think they went as deep as Tampa did last year yeah. during his time in New York. But he, he got. Well, they got to the playoffs. He got to the finals. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So, so Ryan Callahan, with, without a doubt. 
He's got oh, yeah, no, the, the conference to lead this team. But offensively, I think it was the conference people finals. want more of him. And yeah. I, I, I think we're going to get more of Ryan Callahan in the playoffs this year yeah. because yeah. I think this is his time to really to really make a statement. Um, yeah, well, actually, correction, it's the conference finals. Uh, but um, uh, the uh, – I mean, Callahan has never really been an offensive player. Um, so I don't know how much offense he'll get. I'm curious now because it looks like they'll have to like call up um, someone from Syracuse, and it may be Druin. Yeah, it may be Druin. So <laughs> they're going to rely on a guy who didn't want to be on the team, um, you know, a couple months ago. So uh, so yeah, it's it's not great. But I mean, the triplets. Um, I mean, you have the triplets who are. Um, who haven't been as good lately as they have in the playoffs, but they've gotten better over the season. Um, and then, you know, you have Bishop, you have Hedman. So they'll be okay, I guess, but obviously you want your, uh, you want your best player on the ice for the playoffs. Um, so I think it, I mean, I think this means that, like, the Capitals and the Penguins are the favorite um, in the playoffs on the Eastern Conference side, um, maybe not the Penguins, but uh, I think either way you look at Penguins it, are pretty good actually right now. I, I have the Penguins actually maybe sneaky beating the Capitals now. Mm. Um, that's my. I think big... they'll make it challenging. I I don't know. The Caps are a tall order. Yeah, I know, but I, I mean that will be an interesting series. But I think the uh, I think the the new coach has really um, made them a better team and. Um, it's kind of like hard to beat like Crosby, Kessel, and Malkin at the same time. Though, um, to be fair, the key injury that we're going to talk about later on in the show yep. um, could ruin that. True. Uh, chance of upsetting the Capitals That's if true. it's serious enough. But that's again, true. we'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll get to that. True. Uh, I mean, but yeah, that's true. around the NHL, you probably know already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not so much worried about Flurry. Being no, I know, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. But I, I think the, I don't know, I, th- I think the Penguins have what it takes now. Um, just with their new coach. Um, but all right, uh, so speaking, of, I, I don't know a good segue for this. But the, um, so there's, uh, I guess the NHL is being sued by a couple of fo- former uh, players right now. Um, I don't know if, if you would call it a leak per se, because they're used in court. Um, but they were held out to the public, and now everyone got all the emails uh, from NHL executives about... Well, actually, here's the thing. Apparently, there are hundreds of thousands of yeah. emails there. And this is apparently, I think it was 0.1% of the emails that were leaked. But this, the, but there I was think some like, really juicy info. But I think like all the leaked emails had, had something to do with concussions or yes. something like that. Um, which is what I mean. So it's like, it's technically a leak, but it's like, um, it's for a reason because of this whole concussion lawsuit that's coming up. Um, Now, uh, I I didn't really get a chance to look at the Yahoo article, so I'll let you take care of that, but there was some stuff that aired on the the CTV National News uh, in Canada. It's probably the same stuff. I'll I'll get to that later, but I'll let you I mean, it's it's probably the same stuff anyways, but... Yeah, so the uh, Yahoo had this uh, twelve like biggest uh, things takeaways. takeaways from it. The bigger ones was that it seems like Batman um, like 
kind of had uh, the Rule 48, which made the whole Duncan Keith, which is like the whole, um, like you, they can suspend players more frequently for concussions and stuff. Um, uh, like Bedman had that before, uh, like or thought of that before uh, it was put in place, which means that you know, the owners, you know, it, it means that it just takes a while for there to be change in the NHL. Um, there's also stuff about, um, like, uh, concussions are, like, they did a presentation on concussions on when uh, Savard, Perron, and Crosby all had concussions at the same time. So that's when they started taking things seriously, it seems like. Um uh, and, uh, um, oh, and then it seems like Brendan Shanahan, uh, was like the only guy who really didn't wanted to prevent, uh, CT and concussions, but he wanted to ban fighting even yeah. to that point. Um, Brian Burke, we saw, like, kept on asking all these different questions. The bigger the bigger news though is that Colin Campbell looks like an idiot. Um, he basically he basically just every time he kept on saying like, "Oh, this isn't as serious. This guy isn't uh, is faking." He even thought Mark Savard was faking, which is ludicrous, but explains why uh, Matt Cook didn't get suspended for that hit. Um, uh, you know, I mean, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but even then, it still looked bad. So, and, and that, um, I, I think that's kind of ironic when you consider the fact that his son Gregory right. Campbell, I think, exactly. played on the Bruins at the time or was in the Bruins system at the time. Um, I'm not sure if he was on the Bruins at the time, but yeah, it is kind of ironic considering <laughs> that uh, his son uh, eventually played for them. Um, and uh, yeah, he. Uh, uh, he also just, and then there was a couple of, I think there was like Chris King and there was another guy who both said, who both said really idiotic, oh, Mike Murphy, who both said like idiotic things about like, one was saying that concussions are, have been overly doctored or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Murphy says that he thinks that he has, a, he's a strong believer that we are over doctored and that too many so-called experts are weighing in who have never been on the field of play after playing or practicing. You don't feel like Superman, you're tired and worn out. Um, So he thinks that, like, you know, um, players are just, you know, it's not as serious or whatever. Um, I mean, Gregory Campbell, he was with the Panthers at the time this took place, um, and then Joined the Bruins a few years later. um, And then this uh, Chris King, I'm not sure who he... Is, oh, it says here that uh, Mike Murphy and Chris King are both were both the NHL vice presidents of hockey operations. And Chris King says something that's even more outrageous. He says that he thinks that people players were faking concussions so that they can have more vacation time because of how physical hockey is. Which is really funny if you think about it, because it's like you think like Crosby's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say I have a concussion just so I can uh, like not play. I doubt he wants. <laughs> Uh, I don't any player wants to do that. Um, it's not a fun thing to have a concussion or even fake a concussion. 
Um, so. see, it's, <laughs> just, it's, a, it's a shot in the face to hockey players yeah. because they will probably tell you yeah. they'll try to tough it out. Exactly. And that's, and that's the other thing is too. It's like, do you, have you ever met any hockey players too? It's like they would like play in like if they were like cut like 20 times or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, and yeah, it seems like that was the attitude for most of the emails that I saw. I have to admit, I kind of skimmed through a lot of them. But it seems like a lot of these players, except for Brendan Shanahan, but a lot of these former players are just like, you know, like, these players should suck it up. It's not as bad as it should be. But, like, you know, and then you have, like, Gary Bettman, who seems to be taking it seriously, but it's still um, tough. I don't know. And then then you have guys like, um, and then the other takeaway was uh, guys like Bob McKenzie and Darren Dreger were also heavily involved with all this stuff. Uh, but they came out good too. Although <laughs> I guess Bob McKenzie's not the biggest fan of Corey Perry. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's overall. I think it's it's like I guess it's good that these are all out there. Um, it does show that they are thinking about it. But at the same time, there's nothing really, um, you know, besides a few idiots who are still in the game, who still have positions. Um, like, I'm not really sure that they, they have never actually said, like, oh, this is what we should do to change it. Um, and honestly, I'm not even sure what what the NHL should do for this, because it's, um, or, like, NFL has the same issue with concussions and CTE, so I don't know um, if there's uh, something you can do um, other than, I guess, give support to all the alumni of the NHL when they you know, just, you know, pay for all their health stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know. It's, on the CTV reports that aired throughout the week, uh, there are several things that caught my attention as well. First yep. of all, the NHL's right. concussion stand study was disbanded, right. and the executive's lack of faith in the research that was being done uh, scares me to no end, especially when one of the doctors, Dr. Charles Tater, I believe is his name, says they are very close he feels to connecting the dots to to concussions with NHL players, and it makes you wonder. And call me, color me a conspiracy theorist, but it makes you wonder if the truth is serious enough to damage the NHL brand. And maybe that's why the study was disbanded. Because why would you have a study and then dismiss it? Yeah. The whole point of having a study is to clear the air to get the <laughs> truth out. And this study appeared to be on the verge of doing just that from what we've been told. And then you have the accusations that several NHL teams know more about the amount of actual concussions, not reported concussions, the amount of actual concussions than what we're being told, than what we're being told which also doesn't surprise me too much. Uh, and then the issue of fighting came up, and Gary Bedman said in one particular email, or certainly to the tone of, if we got rid of stage fights, these players lose jobs. Uh, which, which I also found uh, pretty interesting. Uh, finally, there was um, uh, the NHL Alumni Association, Mark Napier, uh, a former player. Uh, I can't remember who called him out, uh, but there's this also another former NHL player that wants him to resign his role as the alumni because uh, uh, as um, uh, his role in the Alumni Association or, or something to that effect. He has a role in the NHL or in, a, uh, in the NHL front office in, in some aspect. But uh, apparently he was 
he was uh, uh, mingling with the NHL owners, you know, through email chat, and he was talking about uh, the Alumni Association and uh, and uh, their claims of concussions and all this. And he says, "FYI, don't think they're getting too much traction." Basically, burning the guys he's supposed to represent. Right. So that that in itself is is mind boggling because you have someone of the Alumni Association, uh, you know, basically. You know, whispering you know stuff to the to the NHL people when you know their their main place of business is representing the uh, people and the alumni. Yeah, uh, and and that in itself is is pretty it, it's pretty head scratching. Uh, there are there are a lot of interesting things that I took out of the CTV reports this week, and um, uh, the final thing that stuck out in my mind was one of the doctors, one of the specialists said, "I am confident." That, um, I am confident that uh, the truth about the concussions, or something to the effect of, I'm confident that the truth about concussions, oh, sorry, not the truth about concussions, uh, that the evidence to explain the truth about concussions will eventually come out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a while till. Seems like it's going to be a while till the NHL. Oh yeah, it's going it's it's it. to be a while. But um, I mean, if, the same, if it's the same like these yeah. emails. This court case is going to get really juicy. Yeah, it's the same thing with. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Another another uh, uh, nothing. Yeah. Uh, three nothing now. Yep, three nothing. Patrick Ooh. Kane again. First uh, period, second. It's the second period. It just started. Uh, the second period just started. Uh, um. Where was I? Oh, yeah. I, I don't think the NHL is... It's like, I, I was just... Where was I? What was he talking about? Oh, right, right. Um, I think it's the same with the NFL. It's, it's going to be a while till they admit that concussions cause it. Because it's... Because if you say... Like, I get it. If, if the NHL admits that concussions are part like, cause... Or, like, that the NHL causes... Has a lot of concussions and that causes CTE, then that means that, you know, your brand is, like, no one's going to want to play. And it's the same that the same thing that the NFL is dealing with, is that you can't, like, because you're also, you're telling, you're basically trying to admit that people shouldn't play this game if they want to have <laughs> concussions. Yeah, and they want to get this situation resolved, right. but uh, in the emails, they, yeah. I can't remember who said it, but said, you know, we, we want to handle this, you know, our way, a, yeah. a different approach and not rely on the Charles Tayers of the world to yeah. advise us what to do, which, you know, they, they want to get it solved, but right. it, you, I think you need the Charles Tayers of the world to help you out. Let's be honest, because research speaks volumes. Yeah, true. Um, I mean, honestly, I think it's, um, just, just to have it out there. I think I'm, I'm okay with concussions and CTE. I don't know if there's anything, I mean, I'm not, like, okay with them, obviously, but, I mean, like, as long as the players know that, like, that you have a higher risk of getting CTE if you play this game, then I'm okay with it, because they know the risk, and, you know, they're at least aware of what can happen to their bodies, um, but I don't know, like, maybe that's probably what the NHL should do, is just have, yeah, like, I a seminar on the you know, for all the rookies orientation or whatever, just saying like, Hey, you know, if you have 
Ah, another one. <laughs> no, it's four nothing. Uh, <laughs> I, I may actually. I mean, it's a good thing that I'm I'm recording podcasts. Maybe said I can just, by the like, time we're done recording just stop watching now. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, yeah, maybe it's just a good thing that um, maybe that's what the NHL should do with rookies and orientations. Just just have a seminar saying like this is the studies and this is what happens. Um, or this is what could happen. Um, just as long as they know the risks, I, I, I'm okay with it. But yeah, I, I think they they know they know the risk already. I think it's more of the accountability factor on the NHL's front yeah. that that people want to see more of. Because yeah. it's it's the same with the NFL. NFL players know what they're getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. Like physical contacts, like it's 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 a part of almost every sport, and you know the risk of injury. It's always there. But if you can do what you can to make the game better and limit the risk of injury, why wouldn't you do it? Yep, it's true. Um, I mean, like, think of it, like, if you're, like, a star athlete who could play in any sport, would you choose hockey over, like, b- baseball or basketball that has a lower risk of playing concussions? I don't know. I think you probably would choose uh, those two sports. But, um, anyways... Uh, so yeah, uh, speaking of concussions, it's still happening today with uh, Mark Andre Fleury, who's out with a concussion. Uh, there's no timetable yet out, which shows that I guess they're taking concussions seriously. Yeah. But um, this is, by the way, this is a rapid fire. I try to make a smooth uh, tr- transition there, but yeah. I don't know if that happened. But uh, so yeah, so it looks like Fleury will be out with. Uh, with a concussion or whatever. Don't know how long he'll be out for, but probably for a lot of the... Uh, yeah! Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we almost scored there. Almost. There's... <laughs> um, but, um... And, and this, and before, before they <laughs> score, uh, before they score again, I'll point out that, uh, earlier I said, you know, a potential upset, you know, if we get a Penguins caps and if Penguin, if the Penguins can pull off the upset, right. that's going to be tough to do without Flurry. Because no disrespect True. to Jeff Sackhoff and Matt Murray, both of them are good. Yeah. In fact, Matt Murray got his first career NHL shutout yesterday against the Islanders. Yeah. A Saturday night, I should say. Uh, and as, as much as, you know, they're good goalies, they don't have the level of experience, especially in the playoffs, as Mark andre Fleury does. And that will make the Penguins, I think, really expend, uh, um, really vulnerable, I think, against the Capitals uh, as far as, you know, making it a close series and maybe extending it past six games. And if, if they um, – I think they have a shot if Fleury is, is healthy and he's, he's at – He's at as close to 100% as he can be for the playoffs. Because, you know, obviously everyone is banged up in some way, shape, or form. You probably don't know the full story until after the playoffs when everyone reveals what injuries they played through. But uh, at the end of the day, they're, 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 they're keeping tabs on Flurry. They're being as cautious with them as possible, and rightfully so, because they need him if they're going to go deep. Yeah, true. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess that is a big concern. For them, but somehow I'm just not worried about it, just because I feel like, um, I feel like the Murray and Zakoff, from what I've seen of them, have been pretty good. I think they can they can handle it. Obviously, they're no like Holtby if they're playing the Capitals, but um, I don't know. I think it's, um, 
I mean, the Islanders don't have Halak. The, uh, yeah, most they're of still the, going to be without him for another three to four weeks. Most of the Atlantic sucks right now. So it's like, um, it's, they're still like a contenders, but, um, you know, obviously it does hurt that one of their key guys is out. Uh, Flurry is the, also, we should mention that because we, we had this before he got injured. Uh, we had this on here, but, uh, he was the fourth goalie in NHL history to get 735 win seasons. Obviously, it helps when you have Crosby and Malcolm in your play, uh, in your lineup, but at the same time, it's still impressive um, because a goalie is just as valuable as your star center. So, um, so yeah, kudos to that. Um, so it looks like the Bruins are about to lose, but there is good news on the way that uh, Jimmy Vesey, he told, we talked about it uh, last last. Um, last episode where I was I wasn't sure what was gonna happen with Jimmy Vesey, but it was something that we should keep an eye on. And it kind of went to a full front uh on Monday when he told the Predators GM that uh he's not gonna sign with the Preds. Um Paul got really angry and said that Paul I don't know if it's Paul or Pole or whatever. David uh, Poyle or Poyle? something like that. Okay, Poyle. David Poyle, yeah. Um and uh he, uh, yeah, so he told them, uh, them on Monday that Poyle was saying that, um, that the, uh, that Vesey, like, told the Preds organization that he was going to sign there, and that's why he didn't make any trade deadline moves, because he was uh. assuming that Vesey was going to be there, but at the uh, but then Vesey's camp said that, um, they, that, that's not true, um, and that they told them that you can't, don't count on it, like, it shouldn't uh, affect your decision making. So, like, he said, she said kind of thing, Yeah. Right? Um, it's hard to know who to believe. I'm signing, I'm gonna try to side more with the, um, with the player, but, I mean, it could be, like, one of those things, like, yeah, I'd have a. I think I'd have a problem with it if it's like if he said, "Yeah, I'll sign with you guys," but at the same time, I feel like David Poyle is a smart guy. I don't think he 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 just he might want to, because um, I guess the the Predators were rumored to set a tampering charge if they if he goes to Toronto. And, and that'll, that'll be interesting because right. uh, he's a free agent. He controls his own destiny. On right? August 15th, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and there's reports and what right now. what kind of compensation would they get if they feel like they're being ripped off? You know, they what, don't. What happens if they take to the NHL? Well, considering he's a third rounder, they don't get uh, any compensation. Wow. But if he was a first rounder, they would get compensation. Ah, so that, that can ex- explain yeah. why they might Kane just got a hat trick. Oh no, it was Panarin. Never mind. But still five nothing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the uh, but yeah. So they they don't get any compensation. I feel bad for the Predators. Um, I know as a Bruins fan, it's obviously there's. By the way, there's reports that say that he'll sign with the Bruins. I guess the Harvard connection is strong. You called it. I did call it, but I was I was I was kind of worried about it. I was. Yeah. I thought he was actually going to go to the Predators, but I thought there was a chance if he was going to skip free agency, he would go to the Bruins. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, it's. I I feel bad for the predators, uh, just because, um, like you know, they they lose out on a free agent, uh, even though they just you know they lose out on a prospect, and they just you know and they drafted the guy. But at the same time, it's you know it's it's all agreed upon on the CBA, so it's not really a loophole. It's not like something that should be fixed. I don't even know how you would fix that. Loophole it's, just really, it's just really unfortunate. Yeah, it's just, I mean, other than, I guess, like, compensation for third-round picks, not just first-round picks for this kind of stuff, but um, I don't know. I, 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 you know, you have to admit that it is a cool thing to do for, not like a cool thing, but like, um, I don't know what the right word is. But, I, I don't blame a guy for going home. Home is where the heart is. Yeah. It, if you want, and, if you want to go and play for your hometown team, they want you go yeah. for it. But if you have already verbal commitments to the to the team that drafted you, and you then that, then that's yeah, then that's bad. To take any flag that comes your way, but we and don't. If that's the case. He better, yeah. he better take everything. He gets. No, I mean the Nashville Predators probably hate his guts for the rest oh. of his time, even if he does suck. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so there's that. But. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I was, I just lost my train of thought, but, um, yeah, it's, I, it does suck, but, for them, but, I mean, I, I, I oh, yeah, this is what I was going to say, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of cool that you can, like, you know, get your degree uh, in college, and then choose who you want in the college, uh, in the NHL, like, sure, Fessy missed out on a couple of, like, there's a couple bits of money. I don't know how much. I forget exactly how much uh, entry level contract is, but like one, he just he uh, he wasted about like one year of eligibility, and I think he would rather just you know do a scholarship. I think that's that would be the sign that for the Predators that like he may not sign with them if. If he said that he was going to stay with the club for four years. Um, um, but uh, who knows? I think it's one, you're right. It's one of those he said, she said things. Um, we don't know what was said even still. Yeah. I um, think it's, I think, I, I think everyone's going to draw their own conclusions as to what they, they, exactly. they, they think that happened. And, yeah. Um, but I, uh, but if he does sign with the Bruins, of course, it's not official. Um, but uh, if he does sign with the Bruins, it will help us with Louis Erickson, who just got hit in the, by the uh, puck in the helmet. Oh. It's okay now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's um, so it will help our left-wing situation. We have Vitrano, Pastor, uh, not Pasternak, um, uh, Marshawn, um, Bolesky. We also have this guy from Notre Dame, Anders Bork, in our system too. So um, our left wings are pretty set. It's just now every other position we need to be set for. So um, uh, yeah. So while we're at it, uh, we'll talk about the Frozen Four. Um, well, you can talk about the Frozen Four. I haven't been yeah. paying attention to the Frozen. <laughs> That's fine. We can talk about the CHL afterwards or the yeah. OHL. Yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, so BC Quinnipiac and is the first matchup in North Dakota Denver. I think I said last week that was, I was that was my final two pick was North Dakota and BC. 
Um, I don't. I would. I'm gonna say BC, but I'm biased. But um, I don't know. I think North Dakota can win. I think the, the Frozen Four is gonna play be playing next weekend. Um, mm-hmm. It's weird because they took a week off, I guess, for the Final Four in basketball. So yeah, they they'd be wise to yeah. So not it's, butcher the ratings. It's, it's kind of weird that they took like two weeks off, but um, at the same time, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, um, I, I I actually I'll admit too that I don't know too many of the players on all of those four teams, but I do know that North Dakota and PC have a lot of good prospects. Yeah, on, they're they're, they're usually the heavyweights. North they're Dakota usually the usually Quinnipiac's under. usually pretty good too. So. Um, and Denver is good too. Denver has a, um, a Bruins prospect, Dan Heaton, um, if you care about that. Uh, North Dakota has, I think, Nick Schmaltz, who's from, uh, who's a Chicago prospect. I think he, I think, I'm not sure if it's the same Nick Schmaltz that, I think he played for the Sudbury Wolves in yeah. the OHL too. Yeah. Because that, I know there's a Nick Schmaltz, I think, that played in the OHL. That might be. It wasn't be. too long ago. I'm not sure. I don't think you can do that, though. I don't think you can go to the OHL and then go to the college. Because I think, like, that ruins your eligibility if you get paid even a little for your talents. Um, um, BC has Colin White, uh, your Ottawa Senators prospect, and uh, Thatcher Demko, the goaltender for... I mean, he's a Van- uh, Vancouver Canucks guy. Not sure who uh, Quinnipiac has in terms of prospects, but... Um, but yeah, those, those are pretty much all the only four guys okay. I know, which he, is he better than most people. Wolves. That's my mission there. Um, but yeah, I don't know who, uh, Quinnipiac has in terms of prospects, NHL prospects, but, um, but, uh, I think they're probably pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I know. Great analysis here. Um, all right, uh, we can go to the play, uh, playoffs talk now. Uh, so basically every team except for the Bruins. Um, Who's Matt Schmalz. Matt Schmalz. S-C-H-M-A-L-Z. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's different than okay. Nick Schmalz. Different guy. My yeah. uh, so Senators, Devils, Hurricanes, and Coyotes are all eliminated. Uh, Nashville and Pittsburgh are both in the playoffs. Did you mention the Hurricanes? I said the Hurricanes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, so yeah, basically just every team outside of ninth place is done in the East. Pretty much. Um, and it, like, I was just looking at the schedule right now. Uh, the big two games are Detroit. Um, Detroit has placed Philly on Wednesday, and then they play Boston on, thurs- on, on Thursday. Um, and those are two uh, huge games. Uh, just cause those they got are the, three games left. Just because those are the three teams that are, uh, could be out of it at this point. Um I'm going to call this game off. The Bruins are probably going to lose this game. But, um, yeah, so they have uh, Carolina, Detroit, and Ottawa, um, and they're all home games. But we haven't been playing – Bruins haven't been playing well at home all year. I, I actually think we're going to go out – we're going to uh, not make the playoffs this year. Wouldn't it be interesting if Ottawa – Knocked Boston out of the playoffs last year. 
on the final the day thing. of the regular season if they mathematically eliminate them. Yeah, it might happen or again. Or the second second last day. That's Ottawa's final game. There's still well, it's the Bruins. It's the, the Bruins' tennis, last game too. So yeah. Um, so on the final on their final games of the regular season, Ottawa wins and Bruins Boston season for the second yeah. straight year. It probably it probably will so happen. Ottawa's Ottawa's been a big fan of playing spoiler as of late because. Yeah. Well, you didn't help us yesterday when you lost to Detroit. Or, no, was it Philly? No, lost to Philly. When you lost to Philly, so uh, you're not... It was actually interesting because all week I've had to root for Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal, which is something I'm not used to. And the only team that that actually did something for me was uh, Montreal, who beat Detroit. And that's kind of weird because that's the team I hate the most out of those three. And then they blew a 3-0 lead yeah. against Florida and lost. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, so this is a little preview for our Bruins Sen segment, but, um, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm, I don't have any faith in the Bruins right now, especially now, if we're playing you, on you this. look at uh, all of all the seeding in, in, in the East and the West, and, yep. and there are a couple of injuries that could impact, you know, when the playoffs start, you know, yeah. we always they talk about Yaroslav Alak being out at least another 34 weeks. Travis Hamnick of the Islanders uh, will be silent for um, an indefinite amount of time. I, I don't know if he's day-to-day or week-to-week, but it, either way, it's not welcoming news if it's for an extended period of time. Uh, we talked about the Flurry concussion. Uh, also, another goalie with a concussion is uh, Freddie Anderson of the Anaheim Ducks, yep. also out indefinitely. And sticking with Anaheim, David Perron is now four to six weeks with a shoulder injury, and Ricard Raquel is expected to miss at least a week yep. with uh, with an injury as well. So it um, seems to be like like I don't know, I don't know if I remember this many injuries late in the season like this yeah. ever before. It seems like every team has at least one guy key injury, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this probably hurts the Ducks. I mean, luckily they the Ducks do have Gibson, so. Um, and, but uh, at the same time, that, that, that those duos are pretty good together. Oh yeah, that's something that we didn't really talk about for um, in uh, when we were talking about Stamkos. Is that this could, that could be if Stamkos doesn't sign with the Lightning, that could be his last. Like that may have been his last game. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, and this is the same for uh, Anderson if he's out for long. Um, and the Ducks don't make it in, which I guess is a little less likely. But um, you know, he he uh, that could be his last game too, um, or last game as a Duck. Uh, but uh, which is a sucky way to go out. If you, I doubt it. it because I, I think he's still got the edge back up wise over Anton Hudobin. But I yeah. think. Well, if apparently, plays, if, if Gibson yeah. plays out of his mind, if there's any chance of Freddie Anderson getting the starting job, yeah. that takes a huge hit because Gibson, and we're going to have to get to the Masters and uh, Trophy nominees. Yeah. I'm surprised he wasn't the Ducks representative because when yeah, Freddie Anderson, the Ducks were struggling, and and then um, and then there's an injury, and and John Gibson comes in, yeah. and he 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 helped the Ducks. Get things back on track. I'm surprised he wasn't their nominee. Um, yeah, because I guess. he's played very well. And I said at the start of the season when they signed Hugh Dolman, Gibson's still their guy, and he's proven it. But I feel like that's not what the Masterson is for. It's for a mixture of 
guys who, like, if you're just a commitment to the game, uh, hard work and determination. I don't know if that's exactly. I know what you mean, but I don't know if that's exactly. Well, Shane Gostisbehere is the Flyers nominee. Yeah, but he was actually injured uh, for the start of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, I, I yeah, I, I guess I could see that. Um, um, I, I look at the impacts they've made on their teams yeah. as well, and there's, uh, I think that as far as glaring impacts on their teams, there are three that stick out in my mind: John Gibson, Yarmory Biager, and Shane Gostisbehere. Yep, uh, because all three teams good. have benefited from their success. Yeah, that's a good part. Um, Hamannick is... So we'll, get, we'll get to those later. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> mentioned last week the Caps were on the verge of clinching the President's Trophy and home ice advantage throughout the yep. playoffs. They have since done that. And Braden Holtby set an NHL record. I don't Actually, I don't know if he has set the record yet. I, I wrote that in, but I'm not sure if he did. Uh, did he? I think he, like, tied it or something like that. Um right. Also, we forgot to mention Hamannick. Trevor Travis Hamannick is out. Yeah, I did mention it. Yeah, one um, went from tying it, but he'll likely have to wait a game because Grubauer started against Arizona. Okay, so yeah. he's close. <laughs> he's close from tying the NHL record. My fault. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that it may have been my fault because I kept that in. Um, Yakupov is asking for a trade. Makes a lot of sense. Um, Makes Pierce Relly's job easier as yeah. to which player, uh, who, which former number one pick am I going to trade on deadline? The only thing is, I'm not sure who can, like, obviously he has a high potential being the number first overall, but I don't know who, uh, what team, like, I don't know if you can get a lot out of him. You know what I mean? I don't know how much you can, like, I don't think you can get a, big, a defenseman out of Yakupov, or any team is willing to do that. So, uh, And not only that, here's, here's the problem with Nail Yakupov here. Uh, what he's just done, asking for a trade, everyone, rightly or wrongly, everyone knows he's up for grabs. Yeah. Wouldn't that hurt his value even more? How? Well, Jonathan Druin made it publicly clear that he, he wants... He wants a fresh start. He wants right. out of Tampa Bay. And the longer and longer you wait, but I, the chances of getting that perfect offer is going to yeah, slip away. I guess. And, but and Pierce Shirelli needs to be careful as to where he prices uh, Nail Yakupov's worth. Because, um, you know, if it, like I said, if it's in fact become public knowledge and everyone knows he wants to play elsewhere, the price tag that Edmonton wants in return is going to be affected in some way. And it doesn't have to be a key player. Yeah. You could be debating whether a pair of three-rounder go the other way or a first-rounder and a second-rounder. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on, you know, whether or not Nail Yakupov gets traded. That's probably going to happen. But who are you going to get in return? And is it going to be a package deal? Are you going to throw our, our Ryan Nugent Hopkins in there? Yeah, I or mean, I don't... Well, it's still it's so sad. Like, I, I know they lost... Uh, they got shut out yesterday to the Calgary Flames 5 nothing, And Rexel's, like, one of the... I think 
the Oilers have one more game in Rexopolis or yeah, whatever. And, and this is news to me because I thought for sure they had one more year in Rexall Place at least while the new yeah. stadium was getting built. Maybe it's just but being... But apparently, uh, according to TSN three hours ago, Oilers fans prepare to bid goodbye to Rexall Place. Yep. But, uh, uh, the Sky Reach Center, formerly the North yeah. Coliseum. But, uh, so I guess it's good that they get a new change of scenery. But yeah. um, it's still, like, just so sad when you think about it, like, that they have all this talent, and yet they can't do anything with it. Um, so, I mean, I think they do need a change. I'm not sure if Yakupov, uh, it just depends on the return they get. I, I disagree with you in terms of, like, yeah, it's, I guess it's similar to Druin, but at the same time, Yakupov has more NHL experience. It's a different thing. It's not like... Um, and it's not like uh, Yakupov's like sitting out um, because he's not getting traded. He just requested a trade. Uh, it's something that he realized. Um, it's just a different situation. I feel that in the true end. Yeah, definitely two different situations. Yeah. But either way, when it becomes public knowledge, yeah, and, I mean and, that's and, the same. And the guy wants out. You know, it, yeah, it, it I guess might not might not affect the uh, as much as the Druin situation. Right. But I I would I, I would be oblivious to think that it wouldn't affect the trade value at all. Yeah, I guess that's true. I just, I just turned off the TV. It's 6 nothing now. <laughs> um, so, so it might be 7 nothing by the end of the second period. Wow, my prediction's almost coming true here. Yeah, you, you may have been right. Um, yeah, the, Keep me updated. That, 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 no, that I, I literally turned... Things that I've been called up, right? I literally turned it off, so... <laughs> uh, I you were just checking on the internet. Uh, yeah, I guess we could, but, um, the, uh, I might check it out myself if it gets, in, if it gets worse. Uh, speaking of, um, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, yep. a former member who put on waivers by them earlier in the season, recently put on waivers by the Montreal Canadiens, and we're talking about goaltender Ben Scrivens. Mm-hmm. And with Price joining the team on the current road trip and seen practicing in full gear with the team. It makes, makes me wonder, one, is he going to play at least one more game this year? And two, are they out of their freaking minds? Why? Because they... If Price gets hurt in a game that means nothing late oh. in the season, wouldn't you be better off to just let him rest and get ready for next year? Well, maybe Price really just wants to play. And I don't know, I guess. Yeah, well, I, guess, I see Harper your point. really wanted to play with Ottawa, but he did <laughs> He, he did a wise decision, in my opinion, and yeah. said, you know, wait till next year. Like, we're out of the playoffs. There's not really that much point in getting action this year. I want to get back to, to being healthy. And groin injuries, you ask uh, Dominic Hasek and lower body injuries, they can really take a toll on you over time. Yeah. So you really want to make sure you're 100% when you get back. Yeah. True. So, I guess I guess that's fair. If, but, um, if they're having Price serve as the backup to Mike Hahn in the rest of the way, then, then that makes sense. Maybe just to have him, you know, um, you know, actually get close to being back in game shape. But if yeah. Condon gets hurt, or he gets pulled, or he has a bad night, and you suddenly thrust Carey Price in a situation where you're not sure if he's 100%, that's a dangerous gamble to make. And mm. late, this late in the season, like, keeping Ben Scrivens around for another four or five games, like... I'm, I'm no GM, and I don't know what the strategy is here, but why not just keep him for the rest of the season and then put him off waivers when he got no games left? Yeah. He's really not that part of your future. 
Yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean, I don't think Scriven's really had a future in Montreal, but no. Um, but yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. I don't I don't think it really matters though, because um, you only have one week one week left. But I guess you know you do risk further injury or making it worse. But uh, I don't know. Um, that's uh, so you said that I you heard this report. But I'll say it. Uh, apparently, Datsuk is going might go to the KHL next season. It's apparently it's apparently up for discussion because oh, so it's not official. It's not one hundred percent. It's not official, but there are reports that, due to family reasons, he could be uh, playing in Russia next year. Yeah. Um, and frank frankly, it's it's been talked about for for a while. Like it's been on and on here and there. And you know, if he if if he doesn't go, if retire, he'll probably go back to Russia, play for a couple of years, and then retire. Yeah. Uh, and I think this kind of speeds the Red Wings, you know, what are we going to do without Pavel Datsuk um, debate. It's just going to speed up the process even further, just like it did when Alfie left town in Ottawa. Yeah. You know, at some point, you're going to have to find out how to play without a couple of indiv- individuals because they either move on elsewhere or they retire. Yep. It's, it's it, it happens with every team, and they had to do – they had to do the same thing when Steve Eisman retired and and all the other stars. You know, they were able to get by. And you look at <laughs> you look at the prospects they have, Andreas Anthony Andreas Anthonisiu, um, huge stud in the OHL. The guy's got a hell of a shot as well. And you look at Anthony Mantha and you know, all the baggage that's been heaped on him. He's he's still a talented prospect. And and then you look at um, even if they can't play Datsuk's position, Gustav Nyquist apparently has taken his fair share of face-offs, not necessarily as regularly, but he's got some experience according to my Yahoo fantasy team. He's played center a little bit in the yeah. past. So um, yeah. it, they can move him to center, I guess, if they had to. So uh, it, it, no question that adjusting to something, it'll take groin pains, uh, it'll take a lot of learning curves, but uh, eventually Detroit is going to get by without Pavel Datsuk. It's just yeah. it's just a matter of time. And um, uh, I mean, Zetterberg's even, if they, even, if, they, even if they miss the playoffs this year, they'll yeah. find their way back. Yeah, I mean, even like Zetterberg is up on his way up in age yeah. too. So, but like at the same time as you just mentioned, they have Larkin, they have Nyquist, they have Tatar. So, I mean, they, they have a good mix of young guys and old guys, but um, it's still... Yeah, I, I think they'll be okay, um, although they haven't looked that great lately. Um, I've been watching some of their games because I'm keeping a close eye on them. But, um, but yeah, they haven't looked that great compared to other Detroit teams um, in the past. So, I don't know, um, in terms of health. Also, uh, it was reported that Anton Kudobin's going to the KHL as well. Um, which yeah, isn't that surprising. I, I don't think Freddie Anderson's going anywhere. Yeah, well, he, yeah, he could. Yeah, we'll see. Um, um, all right, uh, we can talk about, we talked a little bit about the Masters tin uh, before. Yeah. Um, we can just talk, I, I, don't, I don't know how we're going to do this, but uh, we can just talk about who we think, uh, odd, any odd choices, any favorites, um, uh, so as as you know, as I mean I don't know if our average viewer knows this, but 
Um, every year, the ma- every team has to nominate one player for the Masterson, which is for um, hard work, determination. It's usually like a guy who came back from an injury or a guy who um, who had some traumatic experience before. Um, but uh, yeah, so there was there were some curious ones like Ryan O'Reilly. Um, just because, like, yeah, sure, he's he's determined and whatnot, but at the same time, he did go to a Tim Hortons and drive drunk. <laughs> so that that if, was if he did drive drunk. He drove through a Tim Hortons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something with the Tim Hortons and driving drunk. So it's he's not the most um, hard. Yeah, if that's hard work and determination, then just, I don't know. Sitting on the couch is exercise. Um, but. Uh, the, yeah, so um, so that was the only strange one of these ones. Um, I, I'm glad that like Patrick Kane wasn't nominated, uh, regardless of if he actually did it or not. It would have just spurned a whole lot of things where it's just like, oh, what did he do? Um, but um, I guess as we talked about before, Shane Gostas Bear, who was actually injured, and then he came back to the pro roster. Um, and actually, you know, became a big part of their team, and they're going to probably make the playoffs now. Um, so, um, so that, that's a good, that's a favorite. Yamir Yager, as we mentioned before, yeah. Atsukarella had like a skull fracture and a brain yeah, contusion. Yeah, speech therapy too. Yeah, like in the playoffs, and like. He like you might not have spoken again. Yeah. He's probably the big favorite, um, and now he's playing. He's still in the league. Um, to Dupuis, although I guess he retired in the middle of the year, but he, he retired, still, but he played in eighteen games, and it, 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 uh, he's he's honestly my fan favorite. I would love to see him get that award, yep. but I, I the fact is, you know, impact on the team is going to be yep. way in and. A lot of other guys are probably going to get the nod ahead of him, but yeah. I really like Dupuis. I, I, I wouldn't be. A, I, I would be very proud of him if he got it um, because he, he, he had that recurring problem with those blood clots a couple of times. He kept trying, he kept trying, he kept yeah. trying until the doctors told him, "Look, this is going to become life threatening if you don't retire." Yeah, and 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 he, and he did the right choice and he retired because yeah, I don't blame him. He, he could have died. He could have <laughs> died mid game. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of guys here that are just old guys, like Yamir Yager, Pavel Datsuk. Michael Roosevelt. Uh, Joe Thornton. Um, speaking of Joe Thornton, there's been some hard talk for Joe Thornton, um, which I think he could, like, I don't know, I could, I could see that. Um. Carl Soderberg legally blind in one uh, eye. That season he's having is pretty tremendous. Jonas Gustafsson, um. Has been pretty good. I guess that's a good one. He uh, Giordano self-explanatory. Yeah, uh, Dad Sukes up there again. Thirty-one year old. Mark Giordano, who's yeah. actually had a pretty good season. Yeah, even though um, the Calgary Flames happened. Um, was, uh, Zach Smith, by Vincent the way, uh, who, who was kind of expendable at the start of the year. Scored 20 goals. He was a very good choice. Yeah, I was so about like to that. say the Senators got Zach Smith. Yeah. Uh, um, Jonas Gustafson, which is a good choice, too. He's like, no one thought he would be our backup, um, but he's a 31 year old being our backup. 
although um, he's currently in <laughs> net. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I think those are uh, all 39 seconds. Come Mike on, Hunter. Blackhawks. Make my prediction come true. Still 6-0. Oh, yeah. I stopped watching. Um, I guess but that's a good... I'm calling it on the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's a good segue, though, to our uh, Bruins uh, sense segment. Uh, b- before before we before we go there, I should also mention another name, Brian okay. Elliott. Oh, yeah, that's this guy one. was behind Yaroslav Halak and then Ryan Miller and now Jake Allen. Yeah. He's still there. He's still putting up good numbers. Oh, yeah. um, so if you, if you had to pick a top five, here's my top five for the Masterson. Um I put I put Dupuy first, okay. then Yager, Shane the Friendly Ghost Bear, Carl Soderberg, and Matt Zuccarello. No, in no particular order. Oh, okay. I, I think no that I'd like to see Dupuy get. Uh, yeah, I agree with that list. I could see Zu- I think Zuccarello will win it though. Yeah, Zuccarello, Yager, Ghost Bear might yeah. might be the top three, but um, I, I would lo- I would love to see. Dupuis. Yeah, we also forgot uh, LeCavier and Mike Condon. Um, yeah, who are also nominated, but I don't know. Um, um, we'll a see. quick, a quick mention before the Bruins sense segment uh, on the CHL playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah, forgot um, that. Sorry. When we left off, the six sevens were down two games to nine, heading into an Easter Monday uh, afternoon game three in Ottawa, uh, and they had one of their sloppiest periods in, a, in at least a few months, according to Jeff Brown, their head coach. Um, but they took advantage of the minimal chances they got in the first 24 minutes of Game 3. Uh, that translated to a much-needed 4-2 win. Uh, in Game 4, Alex Ndalkovic, one of the one of the best goalies in the OHL, playing out of his mind uh, in the Ice Dogs crease, and did all he could to preserve a one nothing lead with less than five to play in regulation, and with Joshua saying taking some very undisciplinary penalties. Nathan Todd made a great hockey play, Went to the front of the net, got his stick in the right position, and deflected it past Ndelkovic to tie the game at one and eventually force overtime. Uh, didn't take long to decide a winner because in the f- less than a minute into the first OT frame, um, overage defenseman Evan DeHaan had a chance to shoot. He didn't. The plague heads the other way. Jordan Maletta gets sprung on a breakaway. Makes no mistake. Ice Dogs, instead of... Being tied 2-2, heading into their home barn for Game 5, are up 3-1. They take care of business from there, despite a valiant effort from Ottawa. And uh, the series ends with a 5-2 loss to the 67s in Game 5. Their season ends, and the series ends in 5 Niagara advances. Uh, But if you consider they are playing without a couple of key names, uh, defenseman Evan Guy, um, another overager, got hurt. Um, in game three, was going to miss some time beyond round one if they made it past round one. Um, a team that traded Travis Konechny, as I alluded to many times at the deadline, arguably their best player. Um, and one of the guys they got in return shortly after playing his first couple of games with, as a 67, a 16-year-old with a lot of skill in Sasha Chemlevsky, he gets hurt. Um, that was the last game he played this year. He'll be back next year, but if they if they had Nevin Guy and Sasha Chemlevsky in the lineup, considering for the most part there was like one goal, two goal games the entire series, um, and and Jeff Brown acknowledged this after the game. This easily could have been a three one series lead for Ottawa, or it could have easily gone seven. Uh, and the sixty sevens, given what they had, they did everything they possibly could 
to extend this series beyond five games. And unfortunately, the bounces didn't go their way, and Nadelkovic, to his credit, played pretty well. And you, you certainly, if you're a 67s fan, you like what you see uh, moving forward. Uh, also, the Kingston Frontenacs, who I've won a playoff series since 1998. The curse finally lifted, and they did so by ousting the defending Memorial Cup champions in five games and a 6 nothing commanding win in Game 5 uh, sealed the deal. So the Kingston Frontenacs finally have something to celebrate. Their fans do, too. Um, only gets tougher from here, but they are off to Round 2. And uh, I'll have more on the OHL playoffs and a couple of the other um, leagues, the QMJHL, the WHL. I'll have more on those matchups um, in our next podcast, but... It should also be noted that across from Ottawa is Gatineau, Quebec, home of the Olympique, and they swept the Quebec Ramparts in four straight. So uh, they are off to the second round. Um, so the Bruins just scored uh, twice. Uh, in, what? In the in this in the same minute, yeah. <laughs> um, so my but it's still, didn't do so well. it's still six two though, but uh, yeah. But, All uh, I yeah. was one goal, and yeah. not, for, not for that team. Yeah, we're still going to lose, but we Shots still Shots are 31-29 for Chicago, though. Yeah. So yeah, they were pretty... Yeah, I think we only had... The Bruins only had, like, nine shots in the first... Eight, yeah, the Bruins had eight shots in the first period, and they got 21 in the second, so... Pasternak from Krejci and Chara, 1944. Yeah. Louis Erickson, his 29th, came with five seconds left. Yep. Um, so we, uh, there's hope, uh, this is actually kind of reminds me of that, uh, 4-1 game against Toronto, where I actually, I actually, I was at college at that time, and then I, I when it was 4-1, I, like, turned it off, because I just, like, because I had, like, finals, and it was just, like, this is too depressing, I have to get to work, um, and then, I, like, I just couldn't help myself, so I, like, looked on ESPN, and all of a sudden it was, like, 4-2, and I was, like, Okay, maybe maybe I'll I'll rewatch it, and then it's like all of a sudden I see it's four three, and then I start watching, and then I'm like cheering when it's like four four, and then we win. So FYI, Patrick Kane did get that hat trick. He yep. scored the six nothing goal. Yeah, um, I forgot to mention that, but yeah, uh, but uh, I don't think it's gonna happen this time. Boss, uh, it's a different team than it was in 2013. Uh, also, it should be noted, Hosa is back in the lineup, which yep. means the chase for 500 continues. Uh, 500 um, goals, right? tonight, no goals yet. 500 goals, is that right? Uh, he's, the chase for 500 is on. Goals, he, right? He has 500 goals, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, 499. So he needs one more to get 500. <laughs> um, His last goal came against Minnesota March 29th, so not too far, not too long ago. We'll probably get sometime this week or even this game. Hey, there's, another be, yeah. there's another period. Um, Only yeah. got three two points this year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess that takes us to our Bruins and Sens segment. Um, the uh, Yeah, I guess I kind of already talked about them a little um, during this episode. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have – that much faith in the Bruins. Um, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. It is funny though because I think a couple of weeks ago I was I was vouching for Julian to get the Jack Adams, and it looks like he's going to lose his job. And 
a couple weeks. Rightly so. or wrongly, because he, he, he wasn't dealt the best hand, especially yeah. defensively, let's be honest. No, like, I agree. The coach can only do so much. Well, that's why that was the uh, thing with uh, him being a Jack Adams nominee, is that like no one expected him to even be in this position, um, given the defense that he was given. But um, I think he's going to be the odd man out if we don't make the playoffs, which yeah, because that would be two seasons in a row where you have a playoff spot in the, like the final three weeks of the regular season, and then you're ousted. Yep. I mean, you, you can't ignore that. Whether or not whether or not the coach has anything to do with that, mm. that happens in back to back years. People are going to want change in some yep. way. Well, I want I want Cam Neely out, but I don't think that's going to happen. That. I feel like he uh, he he he's like he's responsible for all this stuff, but um, I, I, I have a feeling he's not he's not going to go because he makes all the moves. Um, yeah. and, and they're so Jekyll and Hyde too because yeah. like you lose a one goal game two to one to New Jersey, uh, then yeah. your defense gets that exposed by the Blues offense who scored five times. Not surprisingly, yeah. And then, well, then your we... defense responds <laughs> with six of their own and yeah. chases Brian Elliott from the crease. Yeah. I just remember that that game. I was, I was just, uh, I like, like even when it was like six one, I was like still nervous because I. They were up six to one. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Wow! So they almost blew that one. It was either. It was neck and neck. No, no, no! It was. um, Yeah, they gave up. Yeah, six one at one point. Yeah, Um, so. Yeah, the, the, this isn't your ordinary Bruins team. I thought we would. I feel like I'm. I'm like I'm throwing the white flag in. I feel like this is like it for us. Uh, I, like Claude Julian's probably the best coach we've ever had. I've ever seen when since I've become a Bruins fan. I um, I I will be perfectly honest here. And you watch Mark Bergevin after this season. If Claude Julian is fired. Yep, he's Terry going to Montreal. Going just as fast. He's going to Montreal. I don't care what he said, the vote of confidence, that doesn't matter. Yep. Claude Julien, other than Guy Boucher, is the best suitable candidate for the no, Canadian you're right. coach job. He's already done it once. Terrian's done it twice. This is his second stint. No, you're right. If Claude Julien's available, Montreal is nuts to say, ah, we'll stay with Terrian, we'll pass. Plus, that would be the biggest FU to Boston if he goes yeah. to Montreal. So, yeah, I think you're right. He's going to Montreal. Yeah, okay. If he gets fired, he won't be out of a job for long. You can be sure of that. No, I know. Um, but uh, So I'm, I'm now in like a depressing mode right now. But um, Hey, you uh, know, they, almost, they, almost, they almost blew a five-goal lead. Maybe they can make, least, maybe the Hawks can blow a five-goal or six-goal lead here. So. I don't think so. But, um, <laughs> the voiceful thinking of my Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was just hoping you guys would stick around just so Ottawa can just take care of you in the final day. But yeah, at least at least I have the Red Sox and the Patriots. But um, yeah, that price better be worth the money. Season starts. Uh, yep. So tomorrow. For um, the Jays, it starts today. Actually, they're in Tampa. Oh, are they playing right now? Yeah, they're playing in Tampa. That freaking yeah. catwalk of Tropicana. Better not rob us today. Um. And then uh, I, guess, I guess we can talk about Ottawa. I mean, they're out of the playoffs. We kind of knew that. Um, yeah. Uh, mathematically, despite their 2-1 win over the Jets, the Flyers win automatically eliminated them mathematically from the playoffs, which, again, means the All-American bracket is now official. No yep. Canada 
anywhere, no Canadian anthems, no beaver tails, nothing <laughs> Canadian about uh, the NHL playoffs this year. Yep. Uh, it's, it's all American all the time, and uh, the Cup is staying in the U.S., as it has been the past 20 years. But again, three gold medals – we're doing just fine. Yeah, um, and 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 basically half the league is Canadian. So um, <laughs> uh, I was able okay. to pull off back-to-back one-goal victories, though. Uh, Winnipeg one night, three to two, or two to one, sorry, and Minnesota three to two, uh, before falling to the Flyers in a one-goal nail-biter in a Saturday afternoon game, three to two. Uh, they're playing for pride at this point. Don't tell that to Hamburglar, though. Prior to his Saturday start in Philly, he was two zero and one. In the three stars prior, um, they are now hosting the Pens and Panthers a Tuesday and Thursday before closing off the series, uh, before closing off uh, the regular season schedule, as mentioned, in a Saturday afternoon game at TD Garden against your Boston Bruins. Yeah. It would be quite fitting if Ottawa did them in for a second straight year. Again, that's what I think will probably already be done before then, but, uh, because we had the Bruins have Detroit. Well, we have Carolina on Tuesday, Detroit on Thursday, and Ottawa on Saturday. And it's a very likely possibility that we'll lose all three of those games. Um, so, um, yeah, so by the time we get to Ottawa, we'll probably be done. I think the biggest game is Detroit. Um, if we yeah. can somehow. Uh, get up to two points or somehow make that a That's, meaningful that, game. That is a four-point game. Yep. You either gain two points, uh, the best-case scenario, or the worst-case scenario, you lose two points. Right. But, I think if Boston loses that game to Detroit and they're unable to take advantage, and definitely if they don't take advantage of that game against the mm-hmm. Hurricanes, they have to beat Detroit. Yep. And if they can't beat Detroit... But and it's looking like they'll miss the playoffs again. But by this point, Detroit may already be um, like three points ahead of them. So it's. Uh, it's and I think say. they face the Flyers, don't they? They face yeah, the Detroit, Flyers this coming Wednesday. They, they played the, Yeah, Detroit has two big games in this, like back to backs. On Wednesday, they play the Flyers at Detroit, and then they come here in Boston. But um, so they'll be cheering for a lot of teams you yeah. usually like to hate this week. Pretty much, yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I don't have any faith in the Bruins right now. So it's I, unfortunate because a couple of weeks you sounded pretty optimistic. But I know. Like, well, it's it's been that kind of season where you feel like, oh yeah, we're making the playoffs. We could make a run, and then you're like, and then you remember like, oh right, we don't have a defense. <laughs> we don't. We can't. We can't score for anything, you know. It's and like, I, I think everyone was under the assumption that by keeping Louis Erickson around and maybe you know doing something in the playoffs, maybe just maybe you're able to keep him around. Yeah. And if you don't make the playoffs at all now, mm-hmm. then you get zero return and you risk losing him to free agency. Like, yeah, I don't think we're gonna. Coming. I don't think we were going to sign him anyways. But yeah, that's probably why you were hoping Jimmy Basie would come. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, especially, like, if we get VC, um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess the future is bright for the Bruins because we have, we have two draft picks. We, I mean, I know the Sharks are in the playoffs, but we get their first round. Uh, we probably will get a lottery pick or somewhere in there. Maybe we'll probably lose in the first round if we get in the playoffs. So, um, so we have, like, a... 
like a 15 or 16 round pick. Um, I mean, a 16 or 15 overall pick. It really uh, sucks being a, a middle-of-the-pack team yeah. because you're you're not good enough, you're not bad enough to suck and get a top-five pick, but you're not good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, and what stinks is that we used to be really good. Uh, yeah, and, so. and you were looking really good this year. You were, you were in a yeah. race for the, the division lead, and now that's out of reach, and now you're just trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. So it's, a roller coaster ride for both our teams for sure. Exactly. Um, it's only fitting that we close the season playing against one another. Exactly. So, um, so I guess that concludes our episode. Uh, I guess next week we'll have to do like some kind of like playoff preview. Um, uh, yeah, we might to do something about that depending on how much of the playoff previews that we actually well, I, have on lock. I assume on Sunday there. we'll know who's. We'll pretty much know the matchups. I mean, we can just... At least a good chunk of them. Yeah, a good chunk of them. Um, uh, yeah, I got, I got we'll plans see. on the Sunday night, by the way. So okay. uh, please book it in the afternoon, like our traditional 1 o'clock thing. Yeah, yeah, will do. Uh, but I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Stephen Ellsworth, and we will talk to you in episode 27 of the Latest My Podcast. Enjoy the final week of the regular season. Yep.